Welcome to Live Let Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Live Let Thrive. What is up, Micah, man? I'm chilling. Stevie Stacks, how you doing? Oh, doing great, doing great. Ready to get after it. Um, this is episode 181 of your favorite Airbnb, VRBO, Homeaway, Lyft, Uber, all that share economy stuff podcast in the world. And we have a special guest today. We got Steve. Miss Cynthia Tant, PhD, Dr. Cynthia Tant, PhD, our first doctor on the show, right? Yeah. Pretty cool. Who's Cynthia, you ask? Well, I got a little write-up for you. Uh, Dr. Cynthia Tant is broker owner of Gulf Coast Home Experts, Gulf Coast B&B Rentals, Gulf Coast Real Estate Management, 2014 WCR Realtor of the Year. She served as the 2016 president of WCR for Pensacola Bay Chapter as a seasoned real estate broker owner. Doc started in STR four years ago, now owns eight properties and manages and manages two. Loves the STR business, but integrates it with her two other companies. One-stop shop to buy, sell, rent, lease, manage. Plus, she is located in the beautiful Emerald Coast of Florida. Welcome to the show, Cynthia. Well, thank you very much, guys. I appreciate you uh, inviting me and bringing me on board the show. Yeah, our pleasure. So um, what are you a doctor in, first of all? <laughs> Biomechanics. Wow. Has nothing to do with real estate. <laughs> that is crazy. See, were you in that f- field for a long time? Uh, 20 years. Yeah, I'm a okay. little bit older than you guys. So this is my second career as a uh, real estate professional. So, so how, did you, how did you go from biomechanics to real estate? Uh, I started investing in the real estate market back in the early 90s. And as I was investing, I started realizing that it was uh, pretty lucrative. But I was also teaching people how to invest in real estate, but I wasn't getting paid for it. So I said, well, why don't we just uh, become a realtor and start that process? And that's how I ended up where I'm at now. Nice. Now, did you start your real estate career there at the Emerald Coast? I did. Yes, I did. In 2000. Yeah. Oh, that's a good year to start. <laughs> it's, it's, Been around so, a while. Yeah. So what? What? Um. And so why did you start there? Is that where you just always lived, or you just you vacationed there and loved it and wanted to, to invest? There? Well, I'm a native Floridian. Um, I left the state for ten years while I was uh, teaching, or while I was getting my PhD, and when I was teaching at Iowa State University. Well, I'm a native Floridian, so you could tell that I was not real keen on the sub-zero temperatures in Iowa. <laughs> so I, I, I had a chance to come back and teach here at the university where I graduated from, and I ended up here. And uh, my brother and I started investing in real estate and got involved in it and just made the decision to switch over uh, and go from there. It has its ups and downs, but just love the short-term rental market right now, and uh, especially that the picture behind me is our beach. Um, oh, wow. That is something that um, we are very, a lot of people don't know that this is our beach. Uh, kind of a, still a little secret. And um, so I just stayed here, but I was, uh, I, I, I came to college here in the late seventies 
came back as a professor in the 80s, and then I just came back and stayed around. Nice, nice. And what beach is that, by the way? This is Pensacola Beach. Right. So it's on the Gulf Coast. We're right next to the Alabama-Florida line in the panhandle. Isn't that this country, is the Gulf of Mexico. Country band, Alabama-Florida line or something. <laughs> <laughs> the Florabama Lounge, if you've heard about Florabama, if you've Florabama. ever heard about that bar. Well, half the bars in Florida, half the bars in Alabama. <laughs> and in April, we have this very southern ritual of throwing dead fish across the border to see who can throw the fish the farthest. <laughs> and 65,000 like people show up to do it. So it's <laughs> a real festive fish. activity. Yes. <laughs> Mullet toss. Never heard of that. Known one. For that. Uh, you look it up. It's a big one. <laughs> So, so what, what kind of property did you invest in first? Well, originally, my brother and I uh, got into multifamily uh, historical homes. Uh, Pensacola is took over the notoriety, I guess, of being the first settlement in Florida uh, or in the United States away from St. Augustine. So we found some archaeological digs and took that over. So we have a very large historical area here of historical homes. And my brother and I, we bought a couple of those, which were turned into long-term rentals. And then we uh, bought a beach house and uh, very fortunate to sell it two months before Hurricane Ivan wiped it off the beach. That was back in 2004. And just have stayed in the market of um, buying and selling and, and primarily holding and now finding investors, um, houses that would, they would like to turn into short-term rentals, which uh, in historical homes, uh, we can put four to six units in one and people just love them. So. Nice, nice. Any questions, Micah? Yeah, how many, so how many units are you operating? On the right now, I personally own eight and operate, and then I manage two of the beach homes, beach condos. But I personally have eight that I have invested in do myself. Yes. Oh, wow. So a total of 10. Now, what, yes. and are all of them on the beach or? Just two. The two that I manage are on the beach. All the rest of mine are in town. And we just secured a uh, another historical home down the street from my office for another investor for short-term rental. And he'll have four, he'll have five units in there once we close in a month. Now, how are, how are those historical homes doing? Because I'm actually looking to invest in a historical area. But the issue I kept running into, there's only there's you're limited on what you can do on the rehab, right? So uh, how, how are those historical homes doing? I think it's where you may be located. Yes, externally, there are going to be rules and regulations based on the historical uh, appearance. Uh, you can't paint, you know, things like that. You do have to get permits to do things on the outside. Inside, you can just pretty much renovate, do whatever you want to. My house that I'm in right now that you don't see because it's a mess in the background, but it's 120 years old. Uh, I use my one of my suites I use for my business. My upstairs suite is a long term rental and my two units in the back are short term rentals. Um, people love the historical homes here. Now they are. You, you got to make sure that there's going to be work to them because they're wood. Um, they're all wood. So you are going to have to replace unless the people before you have replaced the cast iron pipes you know, the wiring, uh, but most of our homes right now have been renovated over the years. So when we have hurricanes, these houses are still standing. 
They're not getting wiped off the planet and wiped out of the beach or anything like that. They're all still standing. Um, mine's been here, yeah, 120 years. So I love the historical market because we're, we're located at, we can walk straight downtown, um, takes us 15 minutes, all the restaurants, everything, the activity. Plus we have a lot of historical, obviously monuments and things like that to, to visit. Nice. Very interesting. Very interesting market. (laughs) Now is Pensacola a big spring break town? No, um, we're not. We're a little bit further north. We do have a spring break market, but our biggest market is during the summer. And um, majority of the people that visit would be, we like to call them the Southeast Conference because it's where you can get to us within five to six hours. Yep. And visit and hang out for a week around the weekends. We are the home of the Blue Angels um, Hmm. Navy team for the the pilots for the aircraft so we have two major shows each there each year here um we have let's see we have a ton of activities that go on here i mean covid shut us down only for two months last year was april and may and then florida opened back up in june and we've been open ever since so we just had a fire hydrant of everybody coming here and I've been 95, 98% occupancy in all the units the whole time. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. We, we see on the news how the, (laughs) the the media pokes funny. You guys for opening it up and say, ah, we don't care about COVID, but, but Hey, say Texas is the same way. And I'm good with it. You know, know, you don't get into politics, but we're open too. So it's all good. (laughs) Actually, Um, I go back and forth to Dallas quite a bit. So, Oh, cool. Oh, really? Okay. What brings you to Dallas? Uh, I've got a group of realtor friends that I work with out there. We share, in fact, two of them have bought properties here for short-term rentals. The one of the historical home is coming, and then the other one bought out on the beach back in October. So they're looking for investment properties to um, to invest in, obviously. And our market's very different. Uh, what part of Texas are you guys in? Are you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay, so you know how expensive your homes are there, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's nuts there. Um, Like, well, the historical home that um, we just got on a contract was for $500,000. And it it has five units in it, and it'll pull between ten dollars to $11,000 a month in B&B rentals Hmm. income. Yeah, I know. Okay. And our average, our average sale price, since I'm a realtor, and that's how I integrate my three companies together, is that uh, our average sale price is two ninety five, not including the beaches. Now the beaches are a little bit higher, but in town, two ninety five is our average um, house price. That's not too so, bad. Yeah, so people can actually get into the market, uh, even if they're doing long term rentals, without you know going like. Dallas, where you're spending a hundred thousand over list price and kind of crazy stuff like that. <laughs> literally, <laughs> yeah. Literally. Now, now, oh, I question. Know. now sure. do, do your historical homes on a year-round basis do they do just as good as the beach homes, or which one is they better? do better? They do better because yeah. they're not cyclic for the people just going to the beach. Uh, the beach condos just going to the beach to vacation during the summer and maybe special events, weddings, things like that. In town, we have a big uh, military community. 
So we have people coming in and out all the time visiting. Uh, a lot of people like to stay in the downtown or the historical area because they are coming to sightsee. You know, they're not coming here for just the beach. Most of the time on the beach, you go out to the beach for a week, you're going to be out at the beach. So we do have a, a pretty good year round um, because I've been doing this now. This is my fourth year going into what we call the off season, which is from October. Well, yeah, October till about March because it gets chillier here than it does in South Florida. Um, and we'll get snowbirds that come like from January, February, March. So sometimes we'll rent the beach condos um, much less uh, than we would on a regular B&B short-term rental price during those three months. Okay, so during your guys' snowbird season, how exactly does that work? Are you guys leasing them out like for like weeks at a time or is it just yeah. occupancy goes low? No, we'll rent them out for like a month at a time. Okay. We have a lot of like traveling nurses and physical therapists and things like that that'll come in and they actually will pay prime dollar. Um, and then some of my other rentals um, I have, I allow pets because I have fenced in backyards. They're always full. Mm. Um, yeah. So, but. Yeah, that's big time. So I, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, my question to you would be, all right, it's hard enough for someone to have one successful business. First of all, how did you get get that that one business to run smoothly and then everything go good where you're not like having to micromanage everything? And then how did you how did you go and do like three making it to three successful businesses? Yeah, that's what most people ask me. Um, I have a very good group of support, a support group. I have a broker associate for the sales business who helps out with the um, agents and anything that may if I'm. I like to travel a lot, so I'm I'm kind of on the tail end of my career. So retirement is in the future real shortly. So I have a, a broker associate uh, that handles the sales part of it. The long-term rental management company, I have a property manager. He's also my maintenance guy. We handle, we only, we're not big. We only handle 65 doors, but that's long-term management. I enjoy doing the short-term rental management. Um, but I also have a uh, transaction coordinator that assists me with that. And I'm bringing on a new person because we're going to grow a little bit. So she's coming on to do all of the check-ins, check-outs, you know, that sort of thing that I don't do anymore. Mm. So, um, yeah, it, no, it's been a learning experience and not mm. everything has gone smoothly through the years. And But the one thing I found is, uh, you know, in any real estate market, you have your ups and downs and what has stayed steady is the long-term rental market. Everything's full. It, uh, we don't have any vacancies at all. Uh, so if we're not making money or producing income in the sales avenue, then now we have the long-term rental management that carries us through. And then I added the short-term rental management, which has been more successful than I ever thought. And the side note of that is, and I didn't even think of this when I started it, is the people who attend to visit guests that come are looking to buy houses. And so I've sold 15 houses in the past two years to guests that have come in to just buy a single family home. Not necessarily that they were looking for a rental uh, to rent or anything or to use for Airbnbs because our military community goes back and forth. Um, 
they'll come in and I show them houses or one of my agents does and we'll get them a nice house. Yeah, I love that. That's like one of those things, like how Steve's asking about the businesses, you've used one business to multiply the other one. See, and I thought about yep. that too, because I, I get people all the time who will book in Dallas saying, hey, I'm uh, looking for a house and we just need to stay a month. You know, I'm like, geez, if I was a realtor, I could make some money off that. But that's, that's a great, great thing you've done there. And, and actually, my group in Dallas has helped me put this together. It's a mastermind group, and they've helped me put this whole thing together where it was really scattered two years ago because things are all over the place where I've been able to put it together to make it more of a circle where everything's feeding into it. So if someone does want to become an investor, uh, then I can actually help them for the long term because if they don't want to do short term rentals, I can manage their property long term or I can manage their property short term. And if I do find an investor group, uh, that is interested in investing in, in the market here, then I'm just looking for properties for them. And then I'll manage it short term or long term, you know, so it actually feeds into like a little hub. The way we look at it is it's feeding all into the middle of the hub, but it's using all three. And then I do have um, a rehab company on the side. I don't do any of that. It's just when we get ready to do it. Um, I've got all the maintenance people, but I've been in the market here for 20 years. So I have all my maintenance people. I have my cleaners um, that just started, but I do have good group um, that have been cleaning houses for me in the past, you know, clean outs, um, maintenance, HVAC, roofers, plumbers. That team is really very important in this market in short-term rentals. And I've been fortunate enough to have a very good group with me for a, a substantially long period of time. Okay. Now what, what area you said you guys are growing this year? Are there, are you guys growing in the same area or are you expanding into other markets? Actually staying close to home right now. Um, I'm even when I was buying more with my brother in the early years, we stayed really close to home because we knew the market. But if you don't know the panhandle of Florida, from Alabama all the way over to Panama City is very beautiful beaches, vacation rentals. We, we're short-term rental communities, so we don't get the hassles in the cities that are trying to enforce, you know, no short-term rentals and things like that. Um, so we can move over four different counties and be able to do more of that. And that's kind of what I'm doing, but... Um, I've had people ask me to be out of state. I'm actually going to Knoxville next week. A friend of mine um, wants me to come and talk with her about it. Another wants me to talk with her about it in, in Austin. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, but I don't, yeah, I don't know the markets, but they're both realtors. So they're kind of looking at it from the same standpoint that I am or that I have already created as to how they can create that and, and do it in their, in their own community. Knoxville's great. Austin's strict. Go ahead, Steve. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Austin's super strict. Yeah. Is it true that in Texas, even in a short-term rental, you have to have a broker's real estate license? No. I heard that. I didn't think so because I've stayed in Airbnbs in Dallas, and I know those people didn't have a real estate license. <laughs> yeah, no, that, no, not at all. Yeah. Somebody told me that. I said, no, I don't think so. 
now now did you property just like regular long-term property management in yeah. texas you have to that's, have a real that's estate my management. gulf yeah. coast real estate management company that's long-term regular property management yeah right right which is funny right because like I, I just you know if you step back and look at it doing short-term rental management is way more intensive than doing long-term rental management because long-term you get the people in there they're there for a year you know something you know sink or toilet you need to send somebody to go fix it at airbnb or short-term rental every single day something crazy could happen so it's like it's way more intensive and way more and, and you don't need a you don't need anything to do that you don't need a license or nothing no well you're you're, you're correct but i think because i have that already uh, support group from my long-term rental management i've got well for example i've got an hvac guy that i had to turn my one house i had to turn it i had four hours to turn it. And my HVAC went out and I called him up and he went to my house and he put a brand new HVAC system in, in that four hours. Whoa. Now, where do you get that to happen? You know? <laughs> and, uh, and then he says, Hey, you owe me 1800 bucks. I said, what? I know the eyeballs are there. And he's, but see, I give him so much business of referrals that whenever I call him, he's, he's at my door. So, it's a relationship. The relationship business. business is very, very, you know, what you need. It's all the relationships, even short term, long term, whatever it is. Yeah. See, now, now, Steve, you brought up the short term and the long term thing. So, you as being a property manager, I, I know it's going to be more work on the long, on the short term side. But like after that guest has moved out, the person's moved out after the whole year. Is it more work to have to go in there after a year? This person's been in there messing stuff up then on the short-term side, everything's being turned over. Uh, it depends on the person. Well, it depends oh. <laughs> on, yeah, it depends on the person. Now we do a pretty good job of screening people on the way in. Mm-hmm. Things do happen. People have issues, um, but we do a pretty good job of screening on the way in. And we also do a pretty good job, job of staying up on mechanical issues, you know, and letting them know to contact us, you know, we also do something that a lot of long-term property managers may not do, but, and sometimes not all of our owners do it, but we offer quarterly pest control because we have stinking bugs in Florida, big bugs, you know? And so we do a quarterly pest control so that my pest team goes out and checks the places to see what they look like more or less. And so not only are we stopping the pest from being around, but we're also like, going and spraying under a counter and there's a bowl under the counter because they haven't told us they have a leaking faucet then we can get it fixed and stopped and do a lot of things like that. It's, it's again in the um, communication with our tenants and um, just making sure they understand us and we understand them. And we have very few evictions, even during COVID we had, uh, I think one out of the 65 that we had to worry about that didn't pay their rent. Um, but again, our rents are relatively low too. I mean, we can have from 450 bucks, you know, down a month all the way up to about, you know, 2,500 is about the max that you're going to find here. So now, now you've been in the, in the real estate game for a while and you've seen some booms and busts. And do you see any, like any red flags or alarms, like in our current, you know, crazy real estate, everything's shooting up you know, every single day. Do you see anything red flags that, oh, crap, you know, a, a crash this might is, happen? 
this is the craziest market I've ever seen in my life. And we all admit it, that there's never been anything like it. Um, now, going back to 2005 and six was the thing back then was everybody was getting a mortgage at 100 percent that couldn't afford it. Now, people, they're not the mortgages are a lot tighter. Uh, a lot of people have equity in their houses. We're all we don't think there's going to be a bust. And everybody keeps saying, what about foreclosures and short sales and stuff like that? It may be coming in 2022, but nothing like back in what we saw in 2007, six and, or seven and eight, mm-hmm. when everything was going up like 40 percent. And then it went down just as fast as it, came, it went up. Because if you look back then, the prices were the houses were so overvalued. Um, the people should not have been buying those houses. And that's why they lost them. Um, and I think even though money's cheap right now, to be able to get a mortgage, you basically have to have good credit. You have to have a good job. You're not, you have to put some kind of money down unless it's VA. Um, but I don't see any red flags where it's going to be anything like that. We just need some houses to sell. We have no inventory. Um, we have plenty of buyers, but we have no inventory. So, <laughs> so how did, how did 2008 affect your business? Oh gosh, I was dead. Dead. Yeah. It, it, I went a whole year without doing much, but 2005, 2006 was just amazing. So I was able to get through it and that's why I'm still here. Whereas a lot of agents are not, a lot of realtors are not. And then I, I started my own company 10 years ago, 11 years ago, right when the oil spill, BP oil spill came in right in that beautiful white beach, put oil all out there. And so I couldn't believe it. I opened it up like a month before the oil spill. Um, but got through that. Uh, BP gave us each, I think, I think they gave us $50,000 as realtors. Um, we just, yeah, we had to just apply for it and they gave it to us. Um, so that got us through a little bit through that period. So, so oh five oh six, you said you did really good. That held you over. Yeah. Were you getting like cash flow and properties? How did that, what, what were you doing? In yeah, that my properties. I had all my properties too back then. Yeah. Well, actually, no, that's when we sold. Uh, I bought all the properties in 94, 95, sold in 2005. So the ones I bought for, you guys are going to, this is going to kill you. Okay. So I bought two duplexes and a triplex for $62,000 total in 1994, 1994. Okay, so wow. that's seven doors and great area. I had to go in and do some, you know, renovation and stuff like that, but then sold them off. I still have one duplex, which I actually is an Airbnb, and um, but uh, sold them off and stupid prices in 2005 and six. You know, one, one duplex we sold for 140. The triplex, I think, was... 200 yeah so yeah and now that we're double with those double the price oh yeah yeah and then (laughs) oh absolutely and then um had a couple of uh, historical homes that bought for eighty five thousand dollars each uh put money into them but they were completely paid off because they were long-term tenants and one we sold for 425 and one was 415 so we did pretty good and that's my brother my brother and i did pretty good so this is the go ahead steve Oh, this is the what? 
power of real estate. That's why I love it, man. (laughs) Never stops. Go ahead. (laughs) I I guess you know it's it's cool. You got some some valuable lessons for for people Mm -hmm. that are a lot of a lot of our listeners are just getting into it, right? Getting into short term rentals, and they're excited about it. I mean, right now, kind of, you if you do a decent job, if you get a nice place in a decent spot, put some good furniture in it, you're gonna profit from day one. I mean, it's just Mm -hmm. it's that simple. But um, I guess my fear is a lot of them is, oh, this is easy. I'm going to get a bunch, going to get going, and they're going to put all their eggs in one basket. I see how you got yours spread out to different things. So what kind of advice do you have to people out there that say, oh, short-term rentals, that's, that's the way to go. They're going to dive straight in and do 100% that and just, just, just only that. And uh, what, what, do you, what advice would you give those people? Well, the first thing, um, the two that I do for other people, I've actually sold those to them. So I don't go out and seek other properties right now at the present time that um, I don't actually know the owner from some way or something like going out and asking another owner who may have a long-term rental to convert. So I don't do, was it arbitrage or something like that? I, mm-hmm. I, I don't go into that. Um, now, I, I know other people very successful at that. I just haven't done that. Um as far as how you want to get started in the short-term rental market, if you are able to own one or own a house yourself. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I've rented out rooms from other people when I've been traveling. Mm-hmm. You know, I've done it that way. I personally don't rent out a, a, just a room. I, I rent out complete um, houses and stuff. But um, that's a way to get started to see if you even like it. You know, uh, start small unless you have un godly amount of money that you can go out there and, you know, buy it and stuff like that. But you're right. It does take, when I have started all mine, I've had to do the whole furniture. I mean, from scratch, from nothing. Um, Now, again, I have other resources coming in. So it's, but then you can turn that depending on your area. Now I'm in a vacation resort town. You know, uh, it's a very good area to do short-term rentals, Uh, depending on where you're. I always tell people, especially an investor or even buying your own house, you make your money when you buy your house. You buy in the best area uh, or the area where you may have the ugliest house on the block, but then you're going to have the best return and the best investment once you do that. Um, a lot of people I've got right now, so many buyers are so anxious to buy a house. They're looking in places that, no, we're not going to do that, you know, cause they're first time home buyers and they're, they're paying outrageous amount for it. And they go, but why I go, well, let's talk about it. You know? Um, so I, I'm more cautious with people buying. I don't want to sell somebody something that, um, it's going to hurt them in the long run. We just sold a house today or just closed on a house today. A young military man, he bought it 18 months ago. He made $78,000 in, in 18 months. He's a happy camper. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, and his house was in a great neighborhood, single guy, had a pool, tiki bar out back and that he was set, you know, pilot, of course. Um, but the way I look at people is uh, I want to make sure that, Cause I am, I don't, I'm a teacher by heart. So I educate people. Um, I'm not a coach or anything. I get coaching and stuff, but I'm not a coach or anything that I offer my services for free just cause I love it. Um, and, uh, 
I help. I like I did a podcast with um, Jasper. Um, oh man, what paid for your paid for your get pad? For, get paid for your pad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get paid for your pad with Jasper. <laughs> and um, so, and I have three investors have come from that podcast because of just the education of what I do and how to make that happen. You know, um, and again, I think it works out. You give back to the community, and again. If I can find something that will benefit you, it's all good. So yeah, that's where I heard. That's where I heard you. That's where I reached out to you from. Get mm-hmm. paid for your pad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a yeah, great episode. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so uh, yeah, good, you've, you've had good questions too. You've had real good questions about uh, the, going back to getting started. Um, yeah, I wouldn't try anything crazy to start with. Uh, look at your numbers. Uh, oh, if you are gonna buy. Find yourself a real estate agent who's an investor who also works in short-term rentals, just like I am, because mm-hmm. they no, just don't go out and get a realtor who's going to sell you a house because they're not going to give you the numbers and they're not going to know what's going on. Do your research, find out, you know, who's in the community. There's plenty of us um, and you'll, you do much better. That's, that's how I got started in my investing uh, I had a fantastic realtor who, what she couldn't buy, she told my brother and I, you look, you got to buy this. And we did. We just took her advice. So. I'm so happy you brought that up. Cause I I've told, I think in the last three or four years, me and Steve have been like telling people, especially in the DFW market, if you don't know short-term rentals in your realtor, it can be a very big success for you. If you learned it and then you'd have a bigger pool of buyers and people that you can educate and i'm happy you're doing that that's awesome yep i'll be back i'll be in dallas uh december i think i'll just come meet you guys we'll, we'll have yeah. to get together and go have a cocktail or something for oh, sure yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great so you get um i love i've been to destin i love destin do you you don't service that far that that area yeah i do yeah now i don't um it's not my primary sales market uh, but one of my stories I like to tell people is this has been about 10 years ago. I got an, uh, an email lead way back then before social media was really going or anything, just an email lead. And a guy said that he wanted to go find a condo in Destin, but he only wanted to pay 250,000 on the water. I go, well, that's not going to happen even back 10 years ago. Right. Yeah. So I showed him quote the $250,000 condos and he goes, oh, no, this isn't going to work. So by the time three hours was over with, we were up to 500,000, uh, 400,000 for the condo and 100,000 for the boat slip on the Destin Bay there, Destin Harbor. And he paid 500 cash for it. So that was a really good story of not knowing much about the over there and three hours. And then the next week he brought the cash and we closed on it. wow yeah but you know panama city going over to panama city panama city is a much more uh, spring break area uh it used to be pretty wild and crazy they've kind of toned that down a little bit uh much more condos a lot more condos over there uh to our west perdido key and going into gulf shores alabama and uh more condos on, on the beach uh pensacola beach has a lot of houses a lot of beach houses we have condos but a lot of beach houses you know, it's oh, it's funny. Well, not funny. It's it's before COVID, people, almost everybody knew 
was they were going on their summer trips or their whatever spring trips they were going to let's go to mexico we'll go to cancun we'll go to you know puerto Bo- uh, we'll go to all, you know they wanted to go to the beaches in mexico you know they got the, all the all inclusives and all that stuff and then covid hit and they're like well, people still wanted to go to the beach they still want to get their beach time in i bet that drove the i know in, in south padre which which i go a lot to it drove it up like crazy i know it it, it must have been like um insane like double the business in florida well uh, it- I had just picked up the beach one, so I don't have much to compare to before that, but I was in town, was still fine. Um, It's just people could drive to us. You know, they didn't have to get on a plane. Um, And all of my units were separate units. They didn't want to be in a hotel because our hotel industry was still open. They, but they didn't want to be around a lot of people. Mm. So, but they were here, even though the beaches are open, you can spread yourself around. You know, uh, so, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, when they, they opened the state up June 1st, it was just like, wham, um, everything we had was just book solid out. And it's been like that up until now. I mean, it's still going strong. So, yeah, I think it, it did have a profound effect on travel because like, hey, they, got, they don't want to stay in a hotel full of, you know, a thousand different people right. with a thousand different coughs and sneezes. We'll stay with our family. We'll get a nice unit right. just for us on the beach. And then, you know, we'll all pitch in. And I think that's the that's the future of travel. I, I do, too. I think it's changed the way a lot of people do think of travel, you know, and if your units are clean, you know, they expect it because we go above and beyond with all. We still do the covid precautions. We do extra cleaning and disinfecting you know, they get a cleaner place and they may not get daily towel service, but they don't expect it because that's not what we tell them. Um, But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. We haven't seen a slowdown at all. So. So, so with COVID in place and a lot of people doing like the remote home working thing, did Mm -hmm. that kind of, yeah. Did that help out your snowbird season? Yes. We, a lot of digital nomads. Yeah, I had several of my places booked uh, for a month, you know, that they were just finding a place to hang out for the month while they're working from home, from their from their room or from whatever they rented out. Uh, the traveling nurses and the traveling physical therapists and stuff, all of them are doing the same thing. You know, if they're in one place for three months, they'd rather be in a nice place on the beach than... Uh, you know, staying in a motel, you know, they'd rather have their own condo or their own house. Yeah. But yeah, we've got, I've got most of the places set up to have uh, high speed Wi Fi, of course, and um, desks and things like that. Now, in the panhandle, where do you, where have you seen the most success on the short term rental side? Like what's it, Beach City or which city in the panhandle? I don't, we're all about the same. We, we have very different personalities. Um, as far as Destin and 30A is more, I guess you would say the socialite group, the higher end. I mean, the, and it tells in the prices, you know, you're on the same beach. It's that same blue water right behind me. It's the same white sands. It's the same blue water. But Destin per night, maybe $150 to $200 more per night than what we mm-hmm. have on Pensacola Beach. Um, and it's just because it's, a, uh, it's not that... I don't know what the word is. It's just not, it's just a beach. I mean, it's a cool beach. It's what a beach should be like, what I think of as a beach, you know? And I, I think, just, I think Destin has that kind of that travel 
stigma behind it, I think, as well. That may be it. I'm not sure if that's what you're looking for. Yeah, and we have a closer airport to Pensacola. We have a Pensacola airport. Dustin does not. You know, so you still have to fly into Fort Walton and then they just, well, we opened up one over in Panama City there now, too. But um, we got a beach. You come right to you, you know, get right on and walk down one little lane and you're out the front door and you're off to the beach. So uh, yeah, not a very big get, airport. Yeah, yeah, we need to get into <laughs> Pensacola, Pensacola for sure. Because I was always thinking yeah, you guys absolutely, absolutely. You guys know me now. Just send me in for the uh, come here and I'll get you set up. Hang out at the beach or in town. We'll do it. The SEC connection, Micah. See, Micah's yes, a I know. <laughs> I know. Not LSU. I'm, I'm a Florida Gator, but, you know. <laughs> well, look, let me let me tell you. Texas and Oklahoma. No, wait. Who's joining the SEC? Yeah, Texas, Texas and, and Oklahoma. Oklahoma. I don't know. Isn't that going to be crazy? I don't think I don't know. I think Texas is backing out as bad as Arkansas beat them. Oh, they, they are? Might. Yeah, they oh, might. Oh, <laughs> <God>, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, when A and M and Missouri joined us, I'm going. Why do you want to go to A and M? I mean, it's like you're everything else is on this side of the country, and now we're going over to A and M. You know, so it'll be interesting because whoa. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think your Saints are going to do this year? Well, man, I can't believe the first game against the Bucks. I said, "What the heck?" Or uh, Green Bay. I said, "What the heck just happened?" You know. <laughs> And um, then the well, this week we did okay. I don't know about Jamison Winston. I'm not a big fan. I mean, I'm a Breeze fan all the way. He's um, pretty good when he has uh, his contacts in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, oh, yeah, we'll we'll have to see on that one. But I do have tickets for the uh, Saints Bucks game on Halloween, so I'm excited. Oh, that's oh, gonna be awesome! That'll be a good game. Be a good game. Uh, Halloween in New Orleans. Come on. <laughs> and you got the Saints playing the Bucks. Come on. <laughs> hit up Bourbon Street. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> got, our, got our motel room. We're set. We're going to get in early Sunday morning and just cruise and hang out Sunday night and come back to work on Monday. So oh, it's a nice. three, it's a three, three and a half hour drive over to New Orleans. So we're close. Really? From where? Yeah. From Pensacola. That's Look three, at and the half. three and a half hours. Yeah. My mind might be all right. Dang, that is, yeah, that ain't bad at all. It's not far at all. We're five hour drive up to Atlanta. We're pretty close in. That's why we have this little bubble or half bubble of people that can drive to us within five or six hours. This is an easy day drive to come. Ooh. See, now that has me wondering because I'm, I'm I'm mainly trying to invest in markets that are more driven to. Ooh. Yeah, That's so it's of- ten hours from it's ten hours from Dallas. So it is a 10 hour drive, but I mean, people just came in from Dallas that they just checked out and went back. They were here just for four days on the beach and they came in from Dallas. In fact, one of my owners on the beach is from Dallas. So yeah, now Southwest is cheap flight. So you could just do Southwest down and then they're pretty cheap from Dallas. So mm, yeah, I work for an airline so I can hop on a plane and get over there. There you, go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, how many? I mean, you guys also have units, right? You've invested in in doing it, and yeah, how long you both involved in? Well, I'm, we all oh, go ahead, Steve. Oh yeah, I, well, I've been. Um, I started my first. I did my first short term rental out of a house out of one of my rental houses. So it was about four or five years ago. And then, um, yeah, and then and I had a couple of and there were houses they were doing good. One was by the Dallas Cowboys Stadium. So it was kicking. It was kicking major. Uh, the old, wait, the old one. I'm trying the, to remember the new, the new stadium. New yeah. The okay. AT&T Stadium. Yeah. Over in Arlington. Yeah. 
and then um and then the billionaires started bringing in their hotels to Arlington and they shut us all down. You know, it was just a big coincidence. But anyways, <laughs> so I turned that into just back to a long term rental. And then yeah. I, I took a little break for a little bit and then I started getting into the rental arbitrages. And so, um, okay. so yeah, we started picking up a bunch of rental arbitrages in, in um, Dallas and Fort Worth area and one in Houston. So so we are staying mostly in Texas, but I'd like to branch out and I'd like to start, you know, getting some yeah. I've always wanted to get a. I've always wanted to get a beach property just for me and my family to enjoy, you know, that's what Ian did. He wanted to to come. Actually, he's going to be in here next week. His kids are got their, I guess, their fall break or something. And they come out here once or twice uh, a year. But the rest of the time is for the rental part of it. Yeah, That's why they got it. That was a dream for theirs. And uh, they got a pretty good I got them a pretty good, good, good price. And uh, but do you have anything in Richardson? Do you, do you have a, a place in Richardson? I, I have uh, I have something in far north Dallas. Um, it's it's probably ten minutes away from Richardson. Ten minutes, yeah. Because in, in December, where the group has been trying to find a place to rent, how big is it? Well, these are these are only two bedroom apartments. Oh, okay, yeah, we're looking you for a house. house. No, 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 I have a house out there in Plano. I'm sorry, I do have a house okay, in Plano. Okay, you have one in Plano. Yeah, well, I'll send talk. it to you. Let it talk because it's a bunch of realtors and. Uh, Instead of staying, I'll stay in different motel rooms. We're just going to kind of hang out in, okay. the, in a house. So I'll tell you the dates and stuff. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. I want to we'll see if you got uh, anything available. Yeah, yeah. Um, right there in Plano. That's And that's mainly where I'm trying to actually expand out in Plano, Mansfield, and Grand Prairie. I'm starting to look in those areas. So, those well, places. I mean, I, that's, I got my uh, PhD up at Texas Women's University in Denton. So I know the area. Okay. And I and I taught at UTA for one semester down in Arlington. I lived there for a couple of years. And really? So I, I know the DFW area pretty well. I live and, in Arlington. Uh, That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. I, I did my one year of public school teaching out of my 20 years of teaching. I just was either a college coach or I was coaching on or teaching on the college level. But I taught one year public school at Young Junior High in Arlington. And I will never, ever do public school again, especially not in a junior high school. Let's just say that that stopped me right then. When I went to get my PhD, I said, I'm done with this. Okay. That is awesome. I was, I was there when the old stadium, the old Dallas stadium was, you know, the, with the, then. Yeah. Yeah. When Irving. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they still haven't really done with nothing with that area. It's it's prime it's prime real estate. So we'll see what they're gonna build over there. That that was when the, the blue laws you couldn't drink alcohol around the stadium, which is kind of crazy. I don't know if they still have that or not, but no, those most yeah. mostly those are gone. And uh, yeah. you still can't buy alcohol like hard liquor on Sundays. On, on Sundays. Or, yeah, yeah, you still can't do yeah. that. But everything they had it here. Yeah. yeah, they had it here for a while, and on the beach they're going, "Are you crazy?" So we got rid of that. <laughs> You know, <laughs> see, I've never, I've never been to the old, I've never even seen the old stadium or been over there. So I, I really, oh, wow. yeah, I've never, never seen it. Yeah. It was uh, right. when I was, yeah. I was going to say, when I was there, a friend of mine was a helicopter pilot. So she, she took me up all around the city of Dallas and we went right up above the stadium to look down. And it was, it was pretty cool because we got oh. to look in the middle. And then she was a contractor, so she went to show me one of the houses she was building, and we just hovered down in the backyard. And went, I said, "Oh my God, this is amazing!" <laughs> so <laughs> I should have done real estate back then, but I was a college oh, professor, so I didn't. Uh, 
didn't go that route way back then. So did they have music in the helicopter? Da, 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 da. No, no, no. <laughs> Remember the no. opening scene to Dallas? And yeah, they go over the out, stadium yeah, and... <laughs> out. yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was um yeah, they just built that one in the middle of a mix, uh, like a traffic mix master. It was weird. Yeah, it wasn't know, really that's... nothing around it, you know. Mm. They are yeah, doing a good job at the new stadium. Yeah, because uh, I oh. seen pictures of it, like the old pictures. It just looked like it was in the middle of the woods. Well, <laughs> wasn't the woods, but it was in the middle. Yeah. Well, I mean, and then the Rangers, you know, they have their new stadium. And, you know, um, when my when I did my dissertation, this was back in. Oh, my God. I'm dating myself again. But in the 80s, I did the uh, I used the Dallas sidekicks of soccer, the guys as my subjects. Oh, so nice. I did a, I did a motion analysis study of the soccer and step kick. So back then you guys are going to die. I mean, I don't know if we're going to record this and keep this on or whatever, but I used the Apple IIe floppy disk, five and a quarter inch floppy disk to collect my data, which took forever to do versus now you can take your phone and do everything <laughs> I, I did that took me six months to process on your phone in about 10 minutes. So wow. That's how technology's changed. I, I just it's funny you said that I just got this um Apple this from 2012 Apple MacBook Pro from a friend, you know, pretty much just gave it to me. And I was just uh-huh. messing with the I don't know what I did wrong. I did I wiped out the I messed up the hard drive somehow. <laughs> but but I was able to go in there and YouTube it and then and did some gooey stuff to the hard drive and then I was able to put on the um uh, the, the operating system again so i was like oh cool i did some old school programming this is nice there and, you um, go yeah. really <laughs> old school <Yeah. laughs> i might as well mike it does for a living right you the computer engineer. oh you do okay network engineer. oh i hate it i hate it coding oh i hated it but it was way back in oh god i can't even remember now basic uh cobol assembly language what else do we have to learn c plus plus stuff that you have now c plus yeah but yeah. i think i stopped at that I said, I don't want to do this. I'm in, the, I'm in the same boat now. I want to do real estate full time. <laughs> That's I'm, I'm, I'm going hard to do real estate full time. Well, the opportunities are definitely out there. If, as long as you're educated and you've got uh, a, a really good foundation in the, in the numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, now, obviously, you don't have a crystal ball. And I tell everybody, I said, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know what's going to happen. Who knew the pandemic was going to hit, you know, with COVID? Um, but uh, if you can, you know, not put your whole life savings into one thing and, uh, don't quit your job, you know, if you don't have a backup, uh, because I didn't, my brother and I both had our jobs while we started investing. And so we both had our jobs and kept our jobs. We never quit until I got into 10 years ago, until I started the companies or one company at a time, not all of them, you know. <laughs> Uh, so the first one was 10 years ago, real estate management was seven years ago and Airbnb was four years ago. Wow. So. You're doing great. You're doing good. I love how the, the synergy works with all your, you know, all three of your businesses work together as, as one giant, you know, awesome business. And uh, so, well, thank you for hopping on Cynthia. Where can sure. people find you? Well, I am in Pensacola. And so what do you want an email? Do you want websites? What do you want? Yeah. Every, so, it, it, yeah. Website, email. That'd be good. Okay. Uh, well, golfcoasthomeexperts.com is my main um, sales brokerage website. Um, gosh, what is my long-term rental management? I don't even deal with that anymore. That's sad. Um, 
Everything's on Facebook right now because my Gulf Coast B&B Rentals.com website is not as nice as I like it to be. Uh, but you can catch me, uh, Cindy, C-I-N-D-Y, at move, M-O-V-E, the number two, and then F-L-A, like Florida, F-L-A.com. Oh, nice. And nice. phone number wise, do you give phone numbers too or you not? Can. I mean, you I'm are, a realtor, so my phone yeah. number is always on. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. 850-393-5134. That's one thing I, I, uh, I'm i getting ready to, well, actually I'll be in Dallas the end of this month for just a night. And then I'm headed down to Cancun, Mexico, because a trip that we were supposed to go last year uh, just got rescheduled. And so I asked today, we had a sales meeting. I said, okay, who's going to have my phone for 12 days? Because I don't take it with me. So one of the agents, one of the agents, you know, my broker associate, she goes, I don't want it this time, you know, because uh, two years ago, I'm a big golf fanatic Ryder cup. I was glued to it this past three days, but I go to the Solheim cup for the ladies. And I was in Scotland two years ago. So I was gone for three weeks and I left the phone and she goes, I don't want your phone. I said, <laughs> So, so I got another agent who also is short, has short term rentals, and she goes, I'll take it for the 10 days. I said, Okay. So, that's when you have a good team. That's when you have a good team when you can leave your phone, go away for 10 to 12 days, and come back, and everything's still functioning. Yeah, I just give it to a, a VA in the Philippines to answer the phone calls for you. Yeah, I haven't really done that. I've heard about it, but I haven't really done that. I'm still pretty old school with people in, in the office and stuff. I'll pay them a good wage and go with it that way. Oh, there you go. Well, all right, Cynthia, thank you so much for hopping on. Thanks, and we, you guys. Yeah, we look forward pleasure. to seeing you here in Dallas having some cocktails. Uh, I'll stay in touch with you for sure. We'll get together. All yeah. right. Thank you. All right. Bye. bye. Take care. Bye. All right. That was Cynthia Tant. Great interview. Great lady. I love how she does, you know, got one business really, you know, going really strong and then brought in the next one. And a few years later, brought in the next one. You know, there's no rush in this game, right? Yeah. Be freaking success at one thing and then expand to the next thing and then get them all to work together. I mean, it's, it's yeah. Patience, my patience, grasshopper. For real, man. But I'm losing patience. So I got to <laughs> I'm gonna have to slow it down. I don't know. I'm ready to <laughs> hop out of there, man, and be all full time. So, yeah, man. Yeah, man. So hit her up. She'll she'll get you a nice place over there in the in the Emerald Coast. I love it over there. It's beautiful, white sand beaches, and um, you know, just dodge the sharks while you're in the water. You'd be all right. The sharks <laughs> that bad over there? Not. Oh my day. They they do have uh, every year. They have a few a couple of shark bites, but nothing crazy, right? You might lose a leg or something. I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, no, but it's, at least it's clear water, so you can see them coming, right? Is, is, is it? Is it's it really clear? clear? It is crystal, okay. blue, crystal clear water. You never been out to the, to the Florida uh, pan, kind of panhandle part? See, I haven't been to the panhandle. I, uh, I've been to I've been to South Florida. I've been to like the Miami Beach. You know the tourist oh, okay. beaches. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, right there on the coast, like you said, Destin down to Pensacola. It's all white sand and crystal clear blue waters. Man, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. They call it they call it the Redneck Riviera. <laughs> really? just, that's what they call it. They call it. I got it, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go check it out. If it's that beautiful down there, I'm gonna go ahead and check it out. No, it is really nice. You'll probably want to buy a place there. I, I've always wanted to get a place in Destin, you know. Of course, prices have been always been pretty high over there. And we love yeah. Padre too, but the beaches, yeah. I'm sorry, Padre don't got nothing on Destin or 
or yeah. Pensacola for that matter. See, but the, what about the pricing difference? Is it a huge price difference between like Padre's cheap though, right? It was Padre was cheap. All the all the beach you know areas have gone up big time because of COVID. Even Padre, COVID, even Padre, man, it's like the prices have almost doubled in the last few years because everybody you know everybody was clamoring to get something close to home so the drivable you know so texans were all well shit you know we can't go to you know because of covid we can't go to mexico anymore we can't go to south america no more it's just just, so let's get something close by and then they just started looking in their own backyard oh yeah padre padre is nice and all of a sudden the prices just shot shot up like crazy but i think I think that'll come back down to earth, you know. I think that'll. It, 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 I think, um, and I wanted to ask Cynthia, but I forgot it. Like how um, beach communities are kind of cyclical, you know. All of a sudden, though, everybody wants to buy one. All of a sudden, everybody wants to sell them. You know, it's just. But we'll see. We'll see how that plays out, you know, because in the post-COVID world, I think. Um, mm-hmm. I think even though the media wants to keep it going as long as they can, I think it's cooling down. See, and, and when you're one the reason I was asked about the snowbird season and how travel had changed because of your friend that you had on this podcast that you work with, and he talked big about that snowbird season. And that's why I was like, eh, I don't really want vacation rooms because it ain't consistent. But I guess it could be consistent now if you have those traveling workers. The nomad community really got highlighted during COVID. So, oh, yeah. It's all how you market your place, right? Yeah. You know, so Get that's the, interesting. Yeah. It's a good show, man. Yeah. Watch the Cowboys kick some butt. <laughs> yeah we'll see at least well i don't know jalen hurts been balling so we'll see but yeah yeah thank y'all for continuing to listen to us follow us live let thrive on instagram send us an email live let thrive at gmail.com and hit us up follow us send us your questions and uh thank y'all for continuing to listen to us and we are out peace thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of live let thrive be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of airbnb and all that entails Bye bye